Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman alongside my tag team partner, Matt Story. And Matt, if the people listening to this are like me, they're probably U of A fans listening to the pain of others because that's what I do when ASU beats U of A. I love listening to Brian Jeffries' postgame. Right, right. No, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh... Ah, well, I don't know. You start. Well... <laughs> ASU dropped the Territorial Cup 56-35 to a team that hadn't won in eight weeks, and uh, they made they made it easy. Uh, U, of a, uh, yeah. U of A wound up, this includes kneel downs, wound up rushing 48 times for 52 yards. Or fi- I'm sorry, 512 <laughs> yards. I wish it was 52. <laughs> no. we, we probably would have won if that was the case. 48 times for 512 yards. For those of you doing the math at home, that's over 10 yards a carry, and that is not good. No, it's not. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, really just stunning how it went. Um, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I think if you had told me that Arizona would throw for, you know, less than 100 yards in the game, I would have said – man, we're going to win, you know, big. Because um, that's been our Achilles heel all year. Is And, and we did it, still give up a, a blown coverage did. touchdown. We gave but. up the one big play, yeah. But, um, uh, you know, it's been, it's been uh, you know, giving up big plays in the passing game has been our undoing for a year and a half. And, and it wasn't the case last night. I mean, you know, you can live with one. We only gave up one. But then again, they only threw it eight times. So... That's still a pretty bad ratio for us. Dawkins ended the day 3 of 8 for 77 yards and a touchdown. He also had the fumble that led to Karan Crump's touchdown, ASU's first score of the game. But more important, he had 12 carries for 184 yards and a pair of touchdowns. Yeah. Samaji Grant, 19 carries for 176 and three touchdowns. Zach Green, 14 carries, 126, and two touchdowns. And Sean yeah. Brown had a carry for 30 yards. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, the second yeah. half, you know, ASU, we're down 28-7. We come out, final drive of the half, march yeah. down, punch it in. We're down two scores. We get the kickoff. We march down the field. We make it a touchdown game. And the defense does what they do every week. By the way, yep. this is an episode where if you listen with your kids and no one's listening anyway, they're, I, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try my best to not curse, but I, I, it might happen, and I apologize in advance if it does. Okay. So the defense does what they do. They let Arizona march right back down the field and score, and somehow, by some miracle, ASU's offense answers again. Yeah. Yeah. But of course. I mean, they- that's not enough. <laughs> no, and 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 uh, I think what what struck me was just how easy that their yards seemed to come. Our our offense got going a little bit, and you could see that their defense isn't very good. But they made us work for our drives. You know, I mean, I, I feel I think I don't I you know I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but we we had four offensive touchdown drives. I think every one was probably at least eight plays. Um, you know, and, and I know the one before the half seemed like a, you know, probably close to 15 plays. I mean, we had to work for our points and we just didn't make them work. I mean, uh, I think, I think, uh, of their, of their eight touchdowns, which it's hard to believe that they, you know, eight touchdowns right there tells you a lot. I, I want to say at least six of those drives were four plays or less. Um, so, I mean, it, it was just easy and, and the, definitely the second half was, 
you know, you needed some resistance, and we showed none, not absolutely no resistance. Um, and and like you said, you know, twice we get it within one touchdown. You need the defense to come out and you know maybe at least hold to a field goal, something to to you know kind of chip away and. I mean, it wasn't even close. I don't think they faced a third down on either one of those touchdown drives. I mean, it just was zip down the field, zip down the field another time, and 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 then you know we fail on a third down and short, and they score again, and it's back to twenty-one where it was, you know, in the second quarter. I mean, each of their touchdown drives in the second half was all had to have been only running the football. Yeah, it took less than two minutes, and. Took less than, I think, five plays each drive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, they never threw the ball the entire second half, um, which is, you know, I mean, that's like playing Army or something like that, uh, you know. But but we we never gave them a reason to. I mean, you know, this is this coaching 101. If it's, if it's working, don't go away from it. And uh, it doesn't take a genius to figure out, hey, if, if we're running the ball and we're getting giant plays, uh, not – you know, not five yards a carry, but, you know, 20, 40, 60 yard gains. Um, why go away from it? Uh, you know, especially when your quarterback isn't the best thrower. And we knew that going in, but we, we never made them have to do it. And, and that it's just, it's very discouraging because to me, and I, you know, I don't know a ton about X's and O's, but to me, stopping the run is a mindset. It's a, you know, it's a desire and we didn't show any of that desire. Um, and so it's, it's really hard for me to understand how you can go into a game like that and look like you don't really care, but that's how the defense looked at least. I mean, the defense didn't show up. There's no two ways about it. No. When you think about the way they were running the ball, Arizona was running the ball in the second half, they would just line up and run some sort of pull from a guard or or the tight end, but the run would go up the middle. It was between the tackles and just gaping holes. Yeah. The majority of the time, the guy was never touched. Um, And then, and then a few of the, you know, goal line plays they had guy would be touched and he'd get, you know, extra yard. I mean, it should have been a, a, you know, no gain or a two yard gain and we'd let him score. You know, the one where they went up by three scores, um, Dawkins second touchdown in the, in the first half was that way, you know, that's, that should have been a three yard gain. We can't bring him down and he gets a 10 yard touchdown. Um, so I mean, it, it's, we, we've talked a lot throughout the year about what's wrong with this defense. And, and last night as the game ends, and I'm just thinking there's, there's not one thing that's wrong with this defense. It's everything. It's, it's scheme, it's talent, it's effort. It's it's ability. I mean, it's it's everything. When you fail this badly, it's everything. There's not one fix. I mean, you you gotta you gotta tear it down and start from the beginning. And like you said last night, uh, you know, nobody should should be secure in their jobs, coaches or players. Um, this defense was disastrous, and it just got worse over the course of the year. So, um, you know, as as talented as guys like you know JoJo Wicker are, I don't care. Uh, he should have to earn his job back just like everybody should because you can't repeat the same format. Here's something that's a little scary. I went and looked at our roster on ESPN.com after the game. Yeah. Gump Hayes, starting corner, whether he deserved it or not, starting corner, senior. Yeah. Bryce Nichols, senior. 
Yeah. Mayu Mokiola, senior. Viami Alatu, senior. Carlos Mendoza, senior. Salamo Fizo, senior. On right. the defensive side of the ball, these are unfortunately the guys who are contributors. Now maybe we're yeah. in addition by subtraction, but you can't set you what you can't say is, oh well, they got a year under their belt and they'll get better. True. Those guys are True. gone. Those are a lot of them are gone. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I mean it's it's and that's why the it, it's frustrated me all year to hear this, you know, well, we're just so young and we're we're not really that young. I mean we're we're not, you know, not to steal the line from wedding crashers, but we're not that young. Um, you know, we have some young guys in spots, no doubt every team does. I mean, there's there's not a team in the land that's playing all juniors and seniors as starters. Just doesn't happen that way. Um, I don't. I didn't look at this roster before the year and think, boy, it's just such a young group. But we're going to have you know 19 starters back next year and look out for us then. We're young in spots. Certainly, you know, a quarterback. We came into the year with not without really any experience. Offensive line, same deal. Um, but defensively, I don't. I don't know that that's really the case. Um, you know, uh, we're, we're, we're just not very good. You know, I mean, that's what it comes down to. And, and it's, it's everywhere. Um, I do think that the coaching has to change either the, you know, the way, the way we play, the way we coach, the way we communicate, all of those things are not getting it done. So something has to change there, but it's more than that. I mean, you got to get guys who, who want to play. And last night it didn't look like they wanted to play. Yeah. I mean, the the effort last night when you allow over 500 yards of rushing in a rivalry game and 56 yeah. points, why even show up? I mean, I know you I mean, and I it were texting like they didn't. Well, you, you know? and I were I mean, texting, and it's like I'm listening to Ray Bentley as the color yeah. guy who's terrible. Yeah. I mean, he was yeah. terrible on ESPN, and I'm staying up late to watch a game where the team didn't want to show up. Why? Right. Why as a fan did I feel like I had to show up to watch yeah. this if the yeah. team wasn't going to? No, I I, I agree. I mean. You know, now I, I will give credit to to the offense. It took them way too long to get going, but they they did find some things that worked. Um, you know, Manny Manny ended up playing a pretty good game. Um, made some significant mistakes, especially the one early with sliding short of the first down, and we ended up turning it over on downs the next play. Um, but he played well. You know, he ran the best he has. You know, probably since September, uh, which helps him to get going as a passer. Um, so, you know, the offense puts up, puts up 35 points. I mean, 28 by the offense, um, that, you know, most games should be enough, but when you, you know, when your defense does not show up to play, um, it's really hard and it just didn't look like they did it to me. It it looked like watching a high school game between a powerhouse team and a, you know, a three, a team where they just, they don't even have to throw. They're just going to run it. They're physically better. And that wasn't the case. That's that's the thing. They were not physically dominant over us. Um, but it sure looked, sure like, looked like it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it, this was not going up against USC in 2005 when, you know, you go back to that game and they just they just imposed their will on us in the second half. We had the lead there, and and, and you just saw, you know, and, and look, you, you know, they had a ton of NFL players at every position. They had Heisman Trophy winners. They had, you know, first-round draft picks. Um, that's one of those games where, you know, you can say, boy, it, it sucks to be physically manhandled, but I can at least see why this is not, I mean, this is a two and nine team. This is a team that hadn't really been competitive since the end of September in a game, you know, when they, when they took Washington to overtime. Um, and that was really the only game this year that they had been competitive in the PAC 12. 
They've been blown out by Oregon State, uh, you know, who's, who's probably the second worst team in the conference. Um, well, they, you know, by the numbers they are. I think we might be the second worst team in the conference. I think we've earned that. You know, two and seven in the conference gets you that sort of title. Yeah. Well, I mean, two and seven didn't beat anybody of any significance didn't beat anybody this year. No, didn't beat a single winning team all year. I mean, if, if Texas San Antonio wins today, and I don't know who they play, but they'll finish six and six and they'll go to a bowl. Um, but that's it. You know, I mean, Cal is four and seven. Um, UCLA is four and seven. One of them will win because they play today. So five and seven will be the best Pac-12 team we beat. Um, and and uh, Texas Tech finished five and seven. That's it. Even NAU didn't finish with a winning record. So yeah, there's there's nothing really to be happy about out of this season. The the five and one start was a mirage based on playing some bad teams, mostly at home. And and uh, you know, regardless of even if it, even if it had been impressive. To lose six in a row washes away all the gains from that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this was this was about as down of a season as I can remember. Yeah, I, the only one that stands out to me um, as as similarly disappointing is 2011, which was a similar format. We started five and one. We got to six and two. Um, we had the Pac-12 South title in hand, basically. At you know, going into November. And we lost four in a row to end the year and then lost the bowl game. And that, of course, you know, brought about the dismissal of Dennis Erickson because uh, that was a team that was – that was a team I think that was probably better than this team. I mean, they had more talent. Um, you had an NFL quarterback. You had, uh, you know, a Pro Bowl linebacker, even though he was a head case. You had him. Um, you know, you had, you had young guys like Will Sutton that were, that were good that year. They hadn't really reached their full potential. That team was better than this team, and they threw it all away. Um, so that one still sticks out to me as probably the most disappointing, but it's very, it's a similar feeling to just see it all, you know, flushed away in the last month of the season, basically. Well, in 2011, the head coach lost his job. There was a complete staff overhaul. Ray Anderson has come out and said that Todd Graham was not in danger of losing his job. Right. Then Todd Graham got blown out in the territorial cup and didn't make a bowl game. So, right. I mean, it does. I, I texted you last night, and it had the feeling a little bit. Now, I don't. I always think it's a bad idea to make a decision based on one game um, about a coach. You know, your coaching decision should be a big picture thought, not one game emotion. Uh, you know, and, and that's good or bad. You know, that's hiring a coach based on one game for the same reason. Um, but. It had the feeling a little bit of the ASU basketball loss to USC in the Pac-12 tournament a couple years ago that kind of served as the straw that broke the camel's back on Herb Sendak. It wasn't the reason he got fired, but it was a pretty good closing argument for why he should be fired. I, I still lean against that this is the right move to fire him, but I'm much more undecided than I was. There has to be changes, and, and yes. the reason why you, you know, don't fire a head coach is for stability and things like that. But we've undergone a significant amount of coaching turnover in the last year, anyway. But beyond that, and the thing that I think is more interesting when you go into considering whether he should be fired or not mm-hmm. is this is a defense problem and he's a defense coach. You know, if the offense was struggling, but the defense played great and we lost this game and a bunch of games, you know, right. 20 
four to fourteen or seventeen yeah. to six. Like then you think, okay, yeah. well, he, yeah, he needs I mean, a new. But you know, I, they say Keith Patterson's yeah. just an extension of him. Well, right, he's gonna have right. to fire Keith Patterson. There's no two ways about I it. I think so. Yeah, and he's gonna have to turn over control of the defense. Like he, he not only needs to to make that change, he he can't bring in another you know, long-time colleague or somebody he's worked with, uh, you know, I mean, it's got to be somebody who you're bringing in, I believe, to to run the defense and make him the CEO. And that's that's not ideal, but it does work. It does, you know, it does work at times that the head coach should be more of a CEO type and a little bit more hands-off with the X's and O's. The problem, of course, with saying that is I don't trust his CEO abilities, I mean, the, the, you know, one of the biggest complaints about him, even in the years we were winning, was his timeout usage, his game strategy. Um, if More you're going to make your coach players that, around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're going to make your head coach that type of figure, I'm not sure he's the figure you want in that, if, if that makes sense. Like, um, you know, you want, you want somebody who's a little more clear-headed, and I'm not sure that's him. So I don't know. I mean, I think the, the you know the million dollar question that Ray Anderson needs to ask himself is what gives you the belief, if anything, that he could turn this thing around starting next year. And if you can't come up with a good answer to that, then you should just make the move now. Uh, you know, now I, I'm not sure of the answer to that, um, but that's what you got to you know you don't you don't just keep a guy for the sake of keeping a guy. That's stupid. To just say, well, you know what, he needs another year. Because then you're just you're doing what LSU did with Les Miles. You're doing what Texas did with Charlie Strong, which is sending a guy into probably a no-win situation next year where the pressure is on, every loss just feels like you know another step toward being fired. That's not good for anybody. So you need, you need some solid belief that he's got things on the right track and he will get this turned around. I don't know if you have that, but that's what I think you need. Well, when you look around at the coaching available, I mean, Charlie Strong's going to come open. It looks like... Um, he's open now. Yeah. Just breaking. Oh. He's, he's just been let go. Yeah. So. so you have an opening there. I know LSU decided, according to sources, that they're yeah. going to keep Coach O. They're not going to wait for Tom Herman to make up his mind, which you can basically right. just arrange the moving truck from Houston to Austin at this point. Sure seems like it, yeah. But, you know, Charlie Strong's out there. Les Miles is out there. I know that that's not something that would excite you, but he's not out there. Really. Lane Kiffin is out there, and yeah. and I know, yeah. you know, I know that Lane Kiffin's feeling a bit like a retread, but he's still young. He's got head coaching experience. That Alabama offense is good. And yeah. Oh yeah. He's he's a he's a good offensive coach. Um, uh, he's a guy that you know in in the same vein what we were just talking about, you know, it's, it's different being a good X's and O's coach as compared to being a head coach. And his previous stops at Tennessee and USC would tell you he's not now, maybe he could learn some lessons from being, being around, um, you know, Nick Saban, who's obviously a very good head coach. Um, you know, you'd hope he would have learned some lessons from being around Pete Carroll, but apparently he hadn't. Um, and maybe just humbled a little, though he doesn't seem like he's been humbled much, but maybe behind the scenes he has, um, and that would make a difference. I don't. I don't know. I, I'm. I'm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who I would want. I haven't given it enough thought to be honest. Because I until last night I really wasn't even entertaining the possibility that Graham should be fired. 
Um, so I, I don't have kind of a ready-made, like, I want this guy. Um, because I still don't think ultimately it should be happening. But I don't know. I, <laughs> I mean, without, without sounding too indecisive, I'm just not sure. It's why they pay Ray Anderson the big money. He's, yeah. He's going to have yeah. to evaluate this. And, and one factor that I think cuts towards him being gone is that he's not Ray Anderson's guy. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and Ray Anderson has been quick, you know, to, to move on from people that he didn't hire. Um, I, you know, I've said this before to you, you know, he got rid of Herb, I thought a year earlier than he would. Um, and I kind of, I think that was what I'm talking about in the sense of like, why, why bother letting Herb have another year when you've already decided he's probably not the guy to just, just make the move. And I think he did that and he's done it in some of the smaller sports too. You know, he made the, he made the change in baseball. He just made a change in soccer. Um, he you made know, the change so in swimming. The swimming, other thing is exactly, he, likes, yeah. he likes the splash higher. And I, what I wonder is if he's going to be able to talk, you know, they're not supposed to talk to other coaches. They're not supposed to talk to coaches when you have a coach. There are yeah. all these things. But that's not the way the world works. I'm sure that right. they are. Sure. And I, I think that some of this decision is going to come down to whether he can – get somebody exciting you know yeah look yeah, if it, if it yeah. was someone like chip kelly he'd obviously right. like there, there'd be right. no hesitation you just do it and sure think, sure <laughs> no exactly i mean i you know i i don't know who would be on the list um you know what i obviously what you know is that ray anderson and, and a lot of the people he's hired have nfl backgrounds so would there be somebody out there you know, and, and I I don't even know the names to suggest, but somebody who's an NFL coach, either former head coach or or coordinator or somebody. Josh McDaniels. Who's, Josh McDaniels. I, I mean, I don't know. I you know, I, like a guy like him, you'd think he could get an NFL job if he wants it, um, and that obviously comes with more prestige. But you know, maybe there's somebody out there who's who's you know looking for that opportunity. Um, I always am a little wary of former. You know, former coaches feels a little too Dennis Erickson like for me, um, but maybe there's someone along those lines who has has been an NFL coach and is looking to to you know make that kind of surprise move. I don't know. Um, you know, again, when it when it comes down to it, I don't think it's going to happen um, this year. Uh, but I do think he's got to be thinking pretty hard about it today. You know, and he's he's got to. He's got to look deep into his soul and, you know, think, do we have the right guy or are we just going to spend another year spinning our wheels next year and have another six and six type of year and then have to make this decision then like that? You know, that doesn't that doesn't help anybody. If that's what you think, you should just do it now. Well, there are a few things here. Recruiting has sort of slowed. Yeah this season compared, you know, and not surprising when you win 10 games a year, sure, it's a lot sure. easier to recruit than when you win right. six and then six five. five. Yeah. But there's also the fact that we just, you know, we just lost six in a row. There's yeah. not a whole lot of convincing for the fan base to say we need to make a change. And no, I, I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, now it, I will say, and and I think we've talked about this before, just in general terms, it's it's one of those easy things for fans to say. Well, you got to fire the coach. Well, there's there's you know always more that goes into it than simply fire the coach and everything's fixed. 
you know, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Um, you know, there are times where you get to the point where you need to, I maintain, we did it at the right time with Herb Sendek. We did it at the right time with Dennis Erickson. There was no choice in the matter. Um, I think we did it at the right time with Dirk Cutter. That was a little bit more controversial. Some people thought, you know, we jumped the gun too fast. Um, I think those were the right times. This one, I'm, I'm not totally sure. I suppose it would depend on who we got to come in. You know, if we do make the move, then it depends on, well, who can you get? Does that guy have success or not? Because if he doesn't, then you think, well, maybe this was a waste of time. Yeah. I don't know. It's a hard decision. You know, it really is. I mean, you're in the middle of a, of a renovation, um, you know, that, that Graham has put some of his own money into, and he's been really a big advocate for. Um, and so that makes it tricky, much like UCLA. They're kind of going through the same thing right now and had a down year and have people speculating about the coach's job and it's probably going to save him that they're in the midst of this. Um, and the money, you know, $14 million to, to tell a coach to go away is not, not chump change for a school like ASU. It might be at Ohio State or Texas, but it's not easy to come up with at ASU. Well, at a minimum, I think that you stop the rolling extension. Yes, yes, oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, he hasn't done anything to earn that, so, yeah. I, I mean, the uh, other question is, if you tell him he needs to fire Keith right. Patterson, does he go? Does he just say, I'm not doing it? Well, and that's the thing, I mean, if you do that, you have to be prepared. You know, whenever you give somebody an ultimatum, you always have to be prepared that the person may say, all right, I'm calling your bluff. Um, so yeah, if you go to him and you say, you got to make staff changes and he says, no, then you have to be prepared to say, okay, well then we're making staff changes. You're out. Uh, You know, it's, it's that simple. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those things you, you obviously have to be prepared to do if, if he balks at your suggestion. Do you just sign Charlie Strong to be something in the athletic office and to help with recruiting and just basically leave him there to replace well, Todd Graham? I think, I think old Charlie's probably going to have other opportunities, honestly. Um, and, you know, I don't – I mean, he's, he's – you know, he's still a – I think most people look and see what happened at Texas as not necessarily his fault as much as it was just a bad situation from the jump and he was, you know, he was doomed to failure right away. So I think he's going to have other opportunities to be a head coach, maybe, and and certainly to, if he wants to coach defense, uh, to be a you know a defensive coordinator at an elite program. You know what? I don't know what program that would be, but I mean he has a track record at Florida being, a, a, you know, a national championship defensive coordinator. So um, he's going to get an opportunity somewhere to be a to be a big time DC. I think if he's not a head coach, so. I think he might be out of our reach. Uh, I don't know. You know, I mean, who knows? I thought Bobby Hurley was was uh, a pipe dream, um, and it's you know he ended up being interested. I didn't think he would be. So you never know what goes on in someone's mind. Maybe this is a spot he he would like to come to. A little less pressure, a lot less pressure. Uh, you know that, that would that would maybe fit him. I don't know. Yeah. The the other name that I keep I can't remember his name. The guy who was the interim coach at Ohio State, Luke. Luke Fickle. Fickle. And he's still the he's still their defensive coordinator or co-defensive coordinator, I believe. Right. I wonder if he's somebody who would be interested in, you know, moving yeah. up. Now I know yeah. he's an Ohio State guy and he's a loyalist, but Right, right. Yeah, I mean, you know, um 
obviously, you know, you kind of you look at you look at all the the staffs, you know, of, of the the most successful programs. Um, you know, obviously Kirby Smart was a name that came up year after year after year, and he finally, you know, took an opportunity that was there. Um, you know, Jeremy Pruitt is now their defensive coordinator, and he was the he was the defensive coordinator for Florida State when they won the national title. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know if he's quite ready to be a head coach, but he's probably a name on the rise. Um, you know, there's there's a few things that come to mind. Uh, you know, I I don't know, I don't know. I mean, there's again, like I said, I, I didn't really give it much thought until this morning, so I'm just kind of wading into the possibilities of who might be out there. Yeah, well, at a minimum, you need, we need to start looking at defensive coaches. Um, yes, yes, yes. I, I think that's uh, that's definitely. And, and again, like I said, it's got to be, it's got to be somebody who can come in and run the show. You give him the the authority that he's going to run his defense. Um, you know, Todd Graham's the head coach, but it's got to be done with the understanding that it's his defense to run and. You know, yes, you're the boss, but you can't run the same defense. It's just not working. It's you know, it's just not. And you know, the excuses are tired. You know, you, yeah, we played good quarterbacks. Well, like I told you last week, everybody played those quarterbacks, and not everybody gave up the massive numbers that we gave up. Um, yeah, we had injuries. Well, everybody's got injuries. You know, I mean, there's not a single team out there that's playing with a, a fully healthy starting lineup. Well, just we certainly we certainly didn't overcome said injuries no, which no and, and the thing and is you know where we didn't have injuries at corner we just I, I had mean, bad corners say, <laughs> just in general i don't think our defense was really that affected by injuries i think you could point to our offense and really look at the second half regression and struggles and say a lot of it was due to injury when your offensive line three or four starters are are out for several weeks that's really well, rough and your, when and your quarterback, quarterback can't out. practice right i mean you know that those are things that are really hard to overcome and then you got your receivers that were affected by injury and both running backs were banged up most of the year uh, i mean it's it's hard you know it affected every spot but defensively okay we lost christian sam that's a tough loss no doubt week one uh, though week one exactly yeah you know um and some other guys missed, you know, uh, some time. You know, Mokiola missed, I think, a couple games at the start of the year. FISA was suspended. FISA was suspended and then missed a couple games later. But I was even going to say, Mokiola was, was stunningly healthy this year. I mean, he never got hurt again after the start of the year, which is a shocker based on his history. Yeah, Marcus um, Ball missed one Marcus game Marcus Ball late. missed one game, yeah. Uh, Armand Perry, I think, missed one game. Kareem Orr missed one or two. I mean, so so yes, you had injuries, but you didn't have – you didn't have five starters miss, you know, six or seven games or the entire season. Like, the, you know, last night, I mean, that was the defense that you would have expected to send out at the start of the year, except for Christian Sam. Really, I mean, was there was there anybody missing? Am I am I forgetting somebody? Um, no, you know, from from that defense. Now Armand Perry got thrown out in the second quarter. But, which you was know, that was garbage. Which, the officiating. I mean, yeah. both ways. I, I you know. Oh yeah. They, yeah, we, we were the they, of yeah, I mean, they too. missed a horrible pass interference on ASU. Yes, in yes. The and they gave us a pass interference on Nikhil Harry that should not have been called. It was a bad call. Um, they almost gave us another one down by the goal line. They over, you know, they, they ended up not calling it. Um, yeah, it was bad. But nonetheless, I mean, that, that defense last night was pretty much who you would have projected to be the starters at the beginning of the year, aside from Christian Sam. Calhoun, Fiso, Mokiola. 
Um, you know, Marcus Ball, uh, you know, Kareem Orr, Gump Hayes, Armand Perry, Wicker, Smallwood, all those guys were out there, and you got gashed to the tune of 500 rushing yards by a team that was 0-8 in conference. So don't tell me injuries are the reason for this defensive struggles. I just don't buy it. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's bad. It's it's bad, it's bad. Yeah, you know, offensively, I, I'm fairly, uh, you know, again, I don't think you come out of this year feeling great about anything. When you go five and seven, you don't you don't leave the year saying, you know, I feel great about that guy or that, you know. The only thing I think you can feel great about is the field goal kicker who's leaving. Um, but, you know, offensively was, was a pretty decent year given the, the hand they were dealt. Again, I'm willing to give the offense more of a pass on the injury situation because it just, it just became an outbreak of key guys at key spots getting hurt, um, and that affected what you had to do. So I was okay with our offense, but our defense is, is just an unquestioned disaster. Yeah. I mean, offensively, I think, if anything, you have to be really impressed with the job Chip Lindsey did considering. Yeah. yeah. And, or, and yeah. You, could call him, you could call him Charles or Chris Lindsey because that was good enough for Ray Bentley. So <laughs> yes, yes, any yeah. CH name was fine for our offensive coordinator yeah, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, at least he was close and as compared to calling DJ Calhoun, Jim Calhoun. Yeah. Um, you know, so that one, that one was really – Quite a miss. Well, and you um, had Manny Wilkins playing quarterback for both teams. For both teams. And then Dawkins playing quarterback for us. And, <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, Arizona was driving against the Wildcats defense, which, <laughs> you know, it's quite quite amazing. They probably do that in practice, but I didn't think that they would do that last night. So, yeah, it was, it was something. That was a just a ridiculous game all around. I mean, it was comic relief. You know, the, the play in the second half where we get the big run and then the personal foul. And he announces it as first down, then second down, then fourth down. I mean, he, he, you know, he just needed one more down to cover the entire gamut of possibilities of what down it could be. Well, what was great was when he said second down, immediately you texted me. It's like, that's impossible. It is it's impossible no for it to be second yeah. down. <laughs> it was a third down play that got close to being a first down, and then the penalty was after the play. So it had to either be first or fourth. If he got the first down, it's a first down. If he didn't, it's fourth. And then I suppose if the penalty was during the play, it could have been third. The only down it couldn't have been was second. <laughs> and that's what he announced it as at one point. Yeah, yeah. That that was uh, a, a motley crew of officials, announcers, and players. Um, you know, I, it was just – it was bad all around. It was, it was an ugly, ugly game um, that, you know, I'm going to try to erase from my memory as quick as possible. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, and yeah. The, you know, unlike last year, I don't feel like the future is particularly bright anymore. I, you know, I'm now it's in hard the, to. I'm now in the concerned parent phase. Absolutely. I mean, I said this to you last year. One of the themes of, of all of our off-season conversations was, you know, a six and six year where you lose some close games, and you did, you know, three or six, let's say six and seven. Three of those games were one play away from winning. You could have easily been nine and four, uh, you know, or, or at least eight and four in a regular season. Let's let's just do that because you would have played a different bowl game with the Cal and the Oregon game. One stop at the end of either game and you win. And so you say, okay, you know, little blip. Nobody's happy with it, but it happens to everybody. But I kept saying to you, if it happens again this year, then it's a pattern. Well, now it's a pattern. 
Well, and the defense not stopping anybody's a pattern. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and I've said this the past few weeks, it's gotten worse from where it was last year, which is hard to believe based on how things finished last year that things could get worse. But, you know, the inability to stop the run is a new problem, uh, you know, that's been going on now for the last six weeks, seven weeks. Um, that really hadn't been an issue last year. We were getting gashed in the passing game, but we could at least stop the run. Um, and again, last year, most of our losses were competitive. Aside from the USC game where we were blown out, um, every game I think last year we, we were either leading in the fourth quarter or within a score and had the ball in the fourth quarter. Texas A&M, Utah, certainly Cal and Oregon, Washington State, and West Virginia. Um, this year, I don't believe, and I, I meant to look this up this morning, I don't believe we led in the second half of any of the losses that we had. Uh, maybe I'm forgetting one or two, but these were blowouts. I mean, we lost six games by 19 points or more. That's hard to do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a school record uh, for a number of games lost by that much. So I think we also set know, a school record for number of 50-yard plays allowed, I probably 40-yard so. plays and 30-yard plays yeah. as well. And just, you know, probably points and, well, maybe not points because we played one last game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it was uh, – you know, it was a it was a step back from last year, in record and in feeling. You know, I mean, it, if you lose close, they still count as losses. I'm I'm certainly not saying well last year was okay because well we lost five games close and we could have been eleven and one. They they still count whether you lose by one or lose by forty, but there's a different feeling watching a team be competitive and losing than watching a team just not be competitive. And that's more what this team was. I mean, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, every game you could say, well, they if they'd done this or done that, maybe they, you know, but you lose by 19 points six times, there's no feeling of like, oh, we were just one play away from winning. No, you were you were outplayed. You were beaten soundly. So looking at the final numbers for the season. Yeah. We had eight players attempt to pass, which means unlike last <laughs> year, Going into this season, we'll have plenty of guys who've attempted a pass. Sure, sure, yeah, um, yeah. And we wound up with 14 interceptions thrown to 16 touchdowns as a group. Wow, that's uh, not very good. Manny was 12 TDs, 9 picks. DSC, 1 TD, 4 picks. Brady, 2 mm. TDs and a pick. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Balage I mean, to round it out. Balage had the last touchdown right, pass. Right, yeah, I mean... You know, I, I, I we talked about this last week, and I, I still feel that way. I think I think Manny goes into you know spring practice. I mean, and, and all this is of course contingent on same coaching staff. Um, he goes into the spring as the leader, but not the unquestioned starter, which is what you hoped. Uh, it's not necessarily his fault. I don't, you know, I don't think he was bad, but the injury certainly set him back to the point where I think you know you you uh, you have to at least see what anybody else can do i mean what i what i hope to come out of this year was to find a quarterback for three years and i don't know that we've done that maybe we have but i don't think it's a sure thing well we saw ryan kelly play so we did we did yeah you know and, maybe and we found him maybe and and you know dylan sterling cole showed some potential he looked every bit like a true freshman uh especially one who you know just got here in the summer um, but he did show some potential, so you know I think I think between those two and Manny, you know hopefully you've got you've got one, um, 
you know, hopefully you got, I mean, I guess hopefully you got two. Hopefully Manny, you know, does well enough and he can be the starter for the next year or two. And then you turn it over to one of the younger guys. Because you could, obviously, you know, depending on situations with other guys, maybe you redshirt Sterling Cole next year. It's not out of the realm of possibility. You can, I mean, it's not like redshirts off the table for good. You didn't use it this year. Maybe you try to use it next year, depending on the situation. Well, especially with Brady White's injury, if he stays with the program, yeah, you know, you would hope that he could slot back in. I mean, in his one start, he didn't play particularly poorly. No, he didn't. No, I mean, he, he won. Now, you know, he didn't. He didn't. You know, light it up, but he did win, um, and and made some some good throws in the second half of that game. Which, boy, I don't know about you, but it's hard to believe that's the last time we won a game. That seems like a long time ago, and it's the last time we tasted victory. That's yeah, an aside. Well, that's what but. happens. I mean, that's what happens. I mean, Archie's pissed. So. I know. He should be, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's hard to believe that when we start the season next September, it's going to be close to 11 months since we won a game. Yeah. I mean, it's embarrassing. It's This is the, one it of the is. hardest years to be a fan that I think I've there's, experienced. It's, yeah, there's no, there's no better word for it. I think we both said it last night. Um you know, I texted somebody else that this morning, um, and, and I know Graham said that last night, and he should. You know, there, there's no there's no way to dress this one up. You know, this this loss and the way this season ended is embarrassing. You know, you can you can say all you want about different things, but it just is going from five and one to five and seven. I don't care if you know if you played six teams that all had ten wins. That's still embarrassing. But to lose this game like that, uh, you know, is is a it's a pill that just is impossible to swallow. It's not tough to swallow. It's impossible. Yeah. I mean, let's really quickly get some final year-end numbers. Okay. Running the ball, you know, for, for going from a team that was, you know, we were talking about having 2,000-yard rushers. Right. We didn't have a single 600-yard rusher. Wow. Which, yeah. I mean, yeah. and part of that, look, I, I, a lot of the offensive struggles I think you can put on the O-line. Sure. La- last night we were – you know, making fun of the number of swing pass mm-hmm. bubble screens. But mm-hmm. when you don't have confidence that you can block for a downfield yeah. play to develop or you don't have confidence that you can block for your run game, yeah. that's what you have to do, I guess. So agreed, agreed. And, and you know, I mean, uh, and the run game got off to a pretty good start. I, you know, I mean, guys, you know, I don't, I don't think we were ever on pace to have two guys get to 1,000. But, you know, you saw early, you, you had, you know, Wilkins was running well and you had the two running backs running well and, it, it really tailed in the second half of the year. And so, yeah, I think, I think you do trace that right back to the offensive line and obviously Manning getting hurt, you know, that, that, that affects the continuity of the offense too. So it's, you know, it's just, uh, just got broken down. I think some of the success that we would have had uh, faded just because of injury. Yeah. Richard ended 155 for 593 and only yeah. three touchdowns. Yeah, which is a surprise. Bellage 126 for 536 and 14 touchdowns, but eight of those came in one game. In one game. Yeah, 14 rushing or 14 total? 14 rushing. Okay. So he had seven. So he had half in one game because he had seven rushing and one receiving in that Texas Tech game. On the receiving side, Tim White, who's gone after this season, 56 catches, 713, and a pair of touchdowns. The number two receiver was Harry, which is good. 58 yeah. catches for 659 and five touchdowns. Bellage, that was his only receiving touchdown was in that game. <laughs> wow, okay. okay. And he also yeah. threw for one. So, 
Yeah, yeah. Sort of he, a Ladanian Tomlinson type season for him. He did, he did. He had a solid season. You know, not not great, but solid. And, and certainly, Nikhil Harry is one player you could feel good about. You need you need more guys like him. You know, well, you need you need four or five blue chip type of guys, and and then you know better supporting cast too. But yeah, you could feel good about what he did. If Jalen Harvey is healthy, I don't think there's. I I don't feel bad having him step into Tim White's role. No, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the the receiver group um played better than I think some people thought. I think you and I both had some high hopes for him. Um and it, you know, it wasn't it wasn't bad. Um again, it was a group that got hit hard by injuries. Camp Smith got hurt and really didn't play much the second half of the year. You hope that he can in his second year off the ACL, maybe he can come back and give us more next year. He only um, had 11 catches all season. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, it, it's it's sometimes tough. There are, you know, there are plenty of examples of guys first year off an ACL, they're just not quite the same. And that second year, they get back more to who they were before. So I'll I'll remain somewhat optimistic on him. And and Jalen Harvey, I think, you know, showed showed flashes. He just got to do it more consistently. Um, and definitely, Nikhil Harry looks like a you know a future number one. So. Um, there's there's something to like there. Uh, I think the biggest offensive issue is you know developing a, an, an offensive line that's more reliable than this year's group. That you know if you can do that, I think the rest of the pieces, provided both running backs come back, you don't know that you know running back is a weird position with the NFL. One or both of those guys could decide I'm going to take off. I'm going to get drafted in the fifth round, and I'm just going to try to make my way. Um, then you have Ralston. That's possible. Yeah, yeah. Who, who looked okay in his limited? He did. He did. You know, so so there's there's enough to like, I think, with the skill positions and the quarterback, that if you can if you can get better production out of the line, and I think everybody's back, right, from the line. Or do we lose uh, anybody? Goodman. Goodman's gone. Goodman's gone. Okay. Okay. You know, but that was one area where you could say, hey, it's a really young group coming into the year. We lost four starters from last year. We're playing, you know, what, I can't remember what the number was as far as, you know, number of snaps played by our offensive line coming in, but it wasn't, it wasn't much. It was uh, um, Goodman and McCray, and they'll both I think it was total young. games, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. like, you know. Um, so, you know, and, and obviously we played some guys this year who maybe we didn't expect to play, but hopefully that experience pays off and you can, you can form a better group than well, it I mean, was this got, year. Well, think about coming back. You've got McClure, McCollum. You would hope to see something from Tyson Rising, who was a Juco yeah. transfer. Um, who I think was hurt all year, wasn't yeah. he? You got uh, Zach Robinson, Stephen Miller, both right. Both got some playing time. Right, right, yeah. So there's, there's Cole Cabral there. is another one. I mean, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's guys who played and and got experience, and and you know, offensive line is just it's such a position that I think benefits from experience that and quarterback probably more than any other spots on the field. It's really hard to play young guys there. Um, Cause that experience goes a long ways and, and playing together as a line. So that I think is the biggest issue for the offense, but it, you know, the, the success or lack of success next year is going to come down to fixing this defense. That is just that simple. The offense is good enough to, to be a, a decent team. I'm not saying they're going to contend for national championship. But, um, you know, the offense played well enough this year that we should have probably won eight or nine games. But we just couldn't, couldn't stop anybody. And it got worse and worse as the year went along. 
Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. And one other area that obviously has to be fixed next year, and I don't know, how, you know, where you start, is the play on the road. I mean, last night was was the cherry on top of just a terrible season on the road. Um, you know, we went to San Antonio and we played poorly for two and a half quarters, and we found a way to win. And from there, we were not even competitive in any road game that we played. Yeah. I mean, it, it's really, for all the talk when Graham came in about, you know, we're going to do these things differently, and, mm-hmm. and I saw, you know, Michigan did it when they went to Iowa, and it didn't work, right. where they repainted the right. locker room and right. all that, but, you know, you have to try something, because whatever, yeah. what, I mean, where we started this conversation is kind of where I think it needs to end, which is, nothing is off the table anymore. No, Everything is no. back open for discussion. I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, and, and it is, to me, you know, not being able, like, you don't expect to dominate on the road. I get it. You know, I'm not, a, I'm not asking him to go on the road and, and go 6-0 and and win every game by 20 points. It is tougher to play on the road. But to not be able to even be competitive in five conference road games is the sign of a mentally weak team. And I, that's, a, that's a, an insult that gets thrown around a lot, probably too much, and you know, maybe I shouldn't say it, but it just is. I mean, why why can't you take your game that you play at home and do it even somewhat resembling it on the road? It doesn't it doesn't make sense to me, and it's just a sign of a weak team. There's going to be a lot we have to discuss. Obviously, we'll keep doing this. There's more college football when the you know when the playoff rankings come out. We'll talk about yep. that. We'll talk about the bowl season and. If you want, yep. you can get a little preview of Matt and my's annual tradition of picking the bowl games against each other and doing that's right. and, and that's me right. doing yes. terribly, but somehow <laughs> somehow getting the high value games. That's you know. right. That's right. Yes. Yes. It's always fun though. But uh, until then, there's uh, ASU Kentucky basketball, and maybe yep. maybe right. hoping against hope, there'll be something to smile about there. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. In the meantime, he's Matt, I'm Ben, it's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.